Welcome to the CCFR Radio Podcast, your source for news, updates, and stories from the CCFR. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 138 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Rod Gotaka. Thanks for joining me again today on the show. We have tons of stuff to talk about. It's going to be a long one, actually, uh, because we've got a couple of things going on. I have a few things to go over with you, and we also have a guest interview. But anyway, before we get started with all that, I just want to thank some of the businesses that are hanging in there supporting the CCFR Radio Podcast. A big thank you to our friends over at the Saskatchewan Rivers chapter of Safari Club International. They do a lot of great work over there, including supporting the CCFR. So make sure you check them out at saskriversci.com. That's saskriversci.com and Vortex, the force of optics. We'd like to thank our friends over at Vortex Canada for continuing to support the podcast and providing great products. You can check all that out at vortexcanada.net. That's vortexcanada.net. And to our friends over at CTOMS. CTOMS Academy provides life-saving training in trauma care and human performance. Perfect for outdoor enthusiasts, for hunters, for shooters. You can check them out at ctomsinc.com. That's ctomsinc.com. All right, we're back. So um, before we get into that conversation that I had with Tracy just now, um, it's a uh, it's, it's very interesting. There's a lot of clips and stuff. Um, we go through all the ridiculousness that's going on in Canada right now, so you don't want to miss that. I've got a couple of things I need to share with you, and then I'm going to show you an interview that I did with my friend Nate, who owns uh, the Canadian Prepper channel on YouTube. So if you've heard of Canadian Prepper before, it's probably the biggest Canadian uh, Prepper YouTube channel there is, uh, if not one of the biggest. Uh, he's out, out of Saskatchewan, but Nate and I go go back a ways. Uh, he came for some firearms training to British Columbia. He did some videos about it way back in the day. You may have seen that one. And I had him live in the studio for, I think it was the, I think it was for his channel, or I put it on the podcast and the TV show. I can't remember. But nonetheless, I did an interview with him yesterday. And, uh, and that interview is going to be in our television show on Wild TV, CCFR Radio on the air. Uh, it's seven minutes, so I'm going to play that for you as well. But before we get to that... I just want to share something with you. So uh, things are really busy at the CCFR. They've been busy for a long time because of this liberal government. Um, and we've been running from pillar to post uh, uncontrollably for years. And uh, I'm, <laughs> we figured it would be a little quieter now. So we launched this, uh, this project to um, basically uh, redo the, the business infrastructure of the CCFR. Because basically our business processes uh, have been the same since we were an organization that brought in in our first year $88,000 to now. So the infrastructure of our business has been relatively the same and our business and what we're responsible for isn't the same at all, right? So um, to, to kind of redo how you do business, to, to, um, to update that, restructure it, is a lot of work. So I, I've taken that on recently along with the projects that we've done, like the Scrap C21 project and the videos and the memes and the, um, and, uh, and the lobbying and the travel and the social media and everything else, I, because it just needed to be done, it's been really busy. And when you are a human being and you only have so many hours that you can stay awake and you also have other responsibilities other than work, uh, things can fall behind. So this is kind of a, um, a, kind of a fun thing that I wanted to share with you is that uh, we have 
received so much support from individuals, uh, obviously, right? That's the kind of the lifeblood of the CCFR, and so much support from um, from clubs and from businesses and other organizations. And I just I can't. There's no. I don't think there's any possible way for me to thank um, any of these groups and individuals enough. Um, that it's as meaningful as I feel like it is, right? And to, to communicate that. But anyway, the only reason that we're in a position to fight back against a, the government of a G7 nation is because of all of the support that all these people uh, and organizations give to us, right? And all the support that they, they provide us. And not just financial support, just support all the way around. You know, spreading our, our information or whatever. And I think before I, I just want to name name off a, a bunch of organizations and businesses that have helped us over the last three months because it's a long list and I'm I'm negligent in not mentioning these these people and organizations before. So I want to make sure that I do that now. But if you look at the projects that we do, you know, like the Scrap C C21 project was which was really quite an achievement, and the television shows and the marches and the and the 68 full page ads in 17 newspapers and the massive lawsuit with not like an individual lawyer, like a full team of constitutional litigators taking it to the government in every pos on every possible way in that case, like every witness, you know, every affidavit, you know, just full cross-examination, just really taking it to them, really costing them resources, right? We couldn't do that without this level of support. The CCFR wouldn't be what we are without that level of support. Okay, so, and again, just in case you're you're new to the CCFR, we're not an organization that says, oh, we're doing all the heavy lifting and we stand against this and we'll never accept that or whatever, but they don't, you know, you don't know. You're like, okay, what? how do you do that exactly? What do you do? The CCFR from day one has kept a running list so you can see exactly what we do, exactly what we do with all of this support um, that we get from the community and from businesses and from clubs, okay? So go to firearmrights.ca if you're, been following us a while, you know this already. So sorry to bore you. Firemrights.ca, go click Why Join. We keep this running list. So go ahead and scroll down past everything we did before the gun ban, the May uh, May 2020 gun ban. You can and just look at what we've done, even down since Bill C21 was introduced. What we've done and video documentation and just all that stuff. You can see what it is that we've done. So. Um, we couldn't do any of that stuff. And I've said this before too, and I don't want to go on and on about it, right? But people give me a lot of like, oh, thanks so much for what you do. And it's like, well, I'm doing what I would do as an individual gun owner anyway. Like I just, we get, Tracy and I get a lot of credit, but we are like this, this much of, of what's going on here, right? It's, it's the support from the community. It's the individuals that become members of the CCFR. This is the reason it's, it's our privilege to do this work on your behalf because we're nothing without you guys. You are allowing us to do this work for you. And it is an absolute privilege. So anyway, I just want to mention these names because I keep forgetting to get it in on TV and, and on the podcast. All right. These are just some of the organizations that have helped the CCFR just in the last three months. Mission Rod and Gun Club, uh, the Hamilton Angling and Hunting Association. Ha ha, right? <laughs> I don't know if you remember I told that story about them sending an email. Ha ha donation. I'm like, oh, what is this, you know? More hate mail, but anyway, thanks, uh, thanks to, to to those folks over there. Blyman Valley Gun Club, the gun dealer held a magnet draw. Thanks for the donation. Abbotsford Fishing Game Club, awesome, great supporters of the CCFR. Egan Eganville District Sportsman Club, PEI Chapter of Delta Waterfowl, White Court Fishing Game, Listowell, 
Hopefully I'm saying that right. Rifle and Revolver Club. Yukon Handgun Association. I can say that one. Uh, Buffalo Target Shooters Association. Medicine Hat Rifle and Revolver Club. Fundy Shooting Support uh, Sports. Uh, Courtney and District Fish and Game Club. Harriston Pistol Club. Uh, Stetler Rifle and Pistol Club. Seven Sisters Falls Wildlife Association. Victoria Fish and Game. There are so many organizations that have been really helping us and, um, and putting us in the position to do the big things that we do. Uh, so just thank you everyone so much for your support. And um, like I said, you know, really at the end of the day, it's just a privilege to, uh, to work for you guys. So anyway, I wanted to mention that. Okay, uh, now I'm gonna play that, uh, the, uh, the interview that I did with my friend Nate, Canadian Prepper. I will tell you this, uh, this was yesterday. And for some reason, Skype, Skype, I use Skype for these online interviews because there's no other platform has the, uh, the video quality of Skype. It's just excellent. But sometimes Skype can be buggy. And so uh, for some reason, the audio video sync is off on Nate's side for Skype. Worked fine for everybody else and for Tracy Wilson even today. But yesterday, it just wouldn't. We reset the computers and turned the application off and on and you know, hung up on each other and then recalled. I, we, I just couldn't get rid of this, this delay between the audio and the video. So anyway, just tolerate it. Check out this interview with my, uh, with my bud, Nate, from the Canadian Prepper Channel. All right, we're back in via Skype. We've got a, a good friend of mine, Nate, also known as the Canadian Prepper on YouTube. How's it going, Nate? Very good. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. All right. So um, back in 2014, you started this... Uh, this little YouTube channel called Canadian Prepper, and now it's grown to, it's probably the biggest prepping channel in Canada on YouTube, uh, I would think, if not one of the biggest, uh, like a quarter billion views and just shy of a million subscribers. That is a, that's a huge accomplishment. Um, you know, how did, how did all this get started? Well, it really just started uh, with me taking an interest in preparedness and starting to discuss various preparedness-related topics on YouTube, and now it's evolved into a full-time job uh, with a studio and uh, an audiovisual team, editors, you know, camera people, the whole nine yards. And yeah, it's really taken off and never imagined it doing so at the time when I first started, but here we are. Yeah, well, not only that, but you've you parlayed that to a uh, pretty sizable online store, warehouse, the whole the whole operation. Yeah, the the whole uh, basis of our store and the philosophy of the store is to try to get people what they need, and there's a lot of uh, products in the preparedness space which are questionable in terms of their quality. And so we try to get people uh, everything that they would need in one place that's of a higher than typical quality that people can rely on when they actually need it. Because a lot of this stuff, you're going to be using it in very adverse conditions. And if, you know, if you're getting a, even if it's a knife or something like that, that is not up to the task uh, that can mean, mean the difference of potentially life or death. So it's my mission to try to get people the the best quality uh, survival gear that's out there on the market. Well, speaking of that, so on the channel, you have gear reviews, you have um, how-to videos, you've got winter survival, you got all kinds of really good stuff uh, on the channel. Maybe just explain what people can find when they go there. 
Uh, I mean, we talk about everything related to emergency preparedness from first aid to food procurement, um, storage, shelf life of various foods, uh, CBRN preparation. So that's chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear threat mitigation, wilderness survival skills. So everything from how to build shelters, how to fish, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, off-grid power generation. And we also talk a bit about uh, firearms uh, as it pertains to hunting and sport shooting. And we also do a little bit of uh, open source intelligence gathering. And every day I'll do a daily update, maybe not every day, but every other day, because I do believe a key aspect of preparedness, especially in the modern day, with so much uh, information out there, that it's important that we try to stay ahead of the information curve. And uh, there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation. So I try to sift through that and I share people uh, with, I share my opinion on current events and you know what things people should potentially be looking out for uh, as it pertains of course to uh, disasters. Cause it appears as though uh, every other day there's something going on in the world and uh, just keeping apprised of what's happening out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I watch some of those updates. They certainly get you motivated to make sure that you're, <laughs> you're living up to your own personal responsibility to make sure that you're, you know, you can look after yourself. God forbid there's a massive earthquake. I'm on the West Coast, right? So uh, we're, we're like 30 years overdue for, you know, half of the lower mainland of Vancouver to slide into the ocean. So, you know, it's not all about doomsday stuff. It's like literally like, how do you look after yourself? And, and you know, if I might... Um, one of my favorite videos, uh, and it's probably an odd choice out of all the videos, you, you have hundreds and hundreds of videos there, is the one on, um, on using medications past the expiry date. Because my wife, if something like Tylenol or whatever is, is you know, expired or coming up to expiry, like she'll literally throw it out. I'm like, no, 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 no. That expiry date's not there specifically for that reason. Maybe just talk about that video for just a second because that was really useful information for me. Yeah, I think it's important for people to know uh, the U.S. Department of Defense, they did a study. I'm not sure when the study was done. It was post-2000 anyways, but it pertained to um, shelf life extension of various pharmaceuticals. And what they found was that most uh, over-the-counter and prescription medications retain their potency up, in some cases, up to 90% for well over a decade uh, after the suggested expiration date. So... You know, I think, and we also have a video that we did on the shelf life of food. And uh, something very similar uh, happens with food in that most expiration dates, uh, they're not actual expiration dates, they're just best buy dates. So it's important, I think, for people to know, especially, you know, when we're talking about uh, an emergency, if you need to use either a medication or whether it's uh, food or some other type of perishable item, that you're aware that these expiration dates in some cases aren't, um, it's not like, you know, that day comes and you can't use it anymore. So yeah, I'd encourage people to go check out that video if they want any more information. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a good one. I found it useful. Um, now we've done some work together when it comes to firearms. We only got about a minute left, uh, but um, there's, there's some uh, firearm related content on your channel too. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about it from the perspective, obviously, of preparedness, which has a huge hunting component and just a personal responsibility component. I think nothing, especially in the modern 
urbanized age, there's very few things um, that require your undivided attention like a firearm or firearms training. So I think it's a great way for me. I know when I take my son out, it's a great way to teach him responsibility, teach him just discipline, you know, attention to details. And yeah, it's all about just uh, using something that could potentially be, you know, incredibly powerful and useful, but understanding how to be respectful of what it can do. And that translates into a lot of other things in life quite well. So there's definitely a huge firearms component to preparedness for sure. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So we're uh, basically out of time, but tell people how they can find your channel. Pretty simple. Just go on Google and enter Canadian Prepper and there I will be. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for spending the time with us and I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me, Rod. All right, so it, hopefully it was tolerable with that uh, that audio video sync uh, issue, but nonetheless, Nate's a huge supporter of the CCFR, and uh, and he's been for a long time, and we really appreciate his support. Uh, he's got a big reach on YouTube, and uh, and that really helps the CCFR. Anyway, hopefully you enjoyed that interview. Um, his channel is full of great information, even if like I'm not a hunter, but I'm an avid outdoorsman, and a lot of the stuff on his channel is really great just for just outdoorsy people. So anyway, hopefully you enjoyed that. Let's bring Tracy Wilson on. All right. We are here with Tracy Wilson of the CCFR, apparently. Wilson! <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, I'm trying to back off of the mic. I'm trying to trying to dial this in. I like it. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Keep it up. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, I, sp I put a lot of effort into practicing in my off time, right? Not on CCFR yeah. time. But, uh, you know, I think it's getting better. I think, it, I think it is. And, you know, it's catching because everywhere I go, I get it. So yeah. I like that. Keep it up. Well, we'll probably hear it when we're at the Toronto Sportsman Show. People yeah. screaming that from down the hall. I hope so. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got a ton of stuff to cover. Like, you know, I say that every time and I keep I keep thinking it's like, well, when are we going to get back to the point where I'm like, oh, maybe I'll show one of our explainer videos and talk about what we did there or something because we got oh, nothing no. to talk about. But it just never happens. Um, no. So let's break into it. First thing. Interesting. The Alberta government, again, stands up for licensed gun owners, you know, like tax-paying, yeah. productive, law-abiding people, you know, the contributors of our society, uh, stands up for gun owners, again, by introducing their own Firearms Act. That's right. So Minister of Justice Tyler Shandro comes out swinging once again at the feds uh, with Bill 8. So this is the Alberta Firearms Act. It's sort of a complementary bill to Bill 211, which um, was, it, it prevented municipalities from banning handguns back when that was a liberal promise. Um, so basically this bill has a, a bunch of different elements to it. It will introduce an ability to make regulations that would allow for the licensing of seizure agents. And of course this refers to the May 2020 gun ban and whatever other liberal gun bans are coming uh, down the pipe in new amendments. Um, th they're, looking for a way to sort of um, fend off the government from their confiscations. So I know a lot of people are like, what are you talking about? They're going to license seizure agents. But if you read down the bill to clause 10.1, it says no person shall act as a seizure agent without holding a valid license. Well, the only place they can get that license is from the Alberta government. So it's kind of, you know, you, you have the ability to grant licenses or not, if you know what I mean. So, um, that's interesting. Um, it will also develop a firearms compensation committee to set out Alberta's expectation that owners receive fair compensation for their firearm. 
some people have brought this to me too. And I'm like, well, you can't speak for everybody. Not everybody is, you know, some people may want to willingly participate. Maybe they just want to get rid of it and get something else that they can use. So um, in that case, Alberta is going to make sure that they're taken care of. Um, it will also have the creation of requirements for forensic and ballistic testing of all confiscated firearms. That's an important data set because that's something that's lacking now across the country. And then lastly, the requirement that municipalities and municipal police services meet regulatory requirements before entering into any firearms-related funding agreements with the feds. So it's sort of making sure that if if you're going to, you know, partner with the with the federal government on any gun confiscation things with your police services, it needs to meet our regulatory requirements first off, which of course is the licensing of seizure agents. So Yeah. Yeah, it it sounds confusing, but it's it's very protective of gun owners and uh I would say that they're they're no other province has the backs of licensed gun owners right now the way Alberta does. Not even close. Not even Not close. Even close. Uh, so yeah, so that's awesome. And then I think part of that too, um, uh, in the press conference, uh, Tyler Shandro also mentioned that the government had said that they were going to extend the amnesty. And if they're going to extend the amnesty, then it's probably going to be by another year, which is, yeah. which as when we were talking about it, when I was on the way to the office, you know, it's probably an indication that the feds are a lot farther away from um, a buyback scheme than they're trying to make anti-gunners think they are. Absolutely. And yeah. this came out of that deputy minister's meeting. So that was the meeting, you know, I'd kind of leaked some stuff about that saying that uh, Mendicino's people were meeting with their provincial counterparts and in some cases municipal counterparts trying to, you know, organize for the buyback program. Um, and of course, basically the information coming out of that meeting is, and we're going to extend the amnesty once again. So yeah. obviously nothing is ready, which is which is good. I, I'm happy about that. But yeah, if you didn't watch Shandro's press conference, you may not have caught that. But I, I caught that in uh, about halfway through the press conference. He says it. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, and and I mean, if you think back, if you if you consider everything we just said, and and you look at um, the calendar and figure out what day it is today, it's it's like coming up four years ago that yeah. Trudeau did his performance at the press conference after the Nova Scotia shooting where he had his whole somber tone and, you know, effective today, blah, 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 is breathless uh. BS. And then, you know, we're going to buy all these guns back at the first, you know, uh, at the earliest opportunity and we're going to roll this <laughs> and we're going to roll that. They didn't have a stinking clue how they would do it. They just were yeah. like, you know what? A lot of people got hurt. Let's uh, let's use this somehow. Yeah, absolutely. You know? They're guns so dangerous that you're forced to keep them for between three and five years. Yeah. You know, like yeah, it's just silly. It's ridiculous. Um, all right, uh, moving on. Uh, the Public Safety Committee, also known as SACU, so that's the House <laughs> Public Safety Committee. Uh, they had another meeting. It was yeah. it was another clown show, as they uh, as they are often. Mm-hmm. Um, so some highlights. Uh, one of our favorite people, Linda Keiko, was uh, was testifying, and uh, and she got into it a little bit with uh, one of our favorite uh, people as well, MP <laughs> Pam Damoff. <laughs> no, yeah, it happened. No way. Yeah, well, Pam we can Damoff. describe it real quick, and then I'll actually show the video. So why don't you? You know what? Me, let's show the video first, okay. and we'll come back and make a couple of comments. All right. We I, I have teammates that I train with all the time 
who have not made the Olympic level yet, but yet you're going to restrict their equipment to, to say that they can never achieve? That makes no sense. So, so, it's, and it's you like, know, it's like telling soccer players you, that you can, you want to be a soccer player, but you have to be, you have to be a, an Olympic soccer player before you can actually have a ball. That's well, what you're it's saying. not. I mean, gun ranges are still allowed to import, buy, and sell, um, import and, and buy um, pistols as well. But I, I mean, I. I, I, I think, you know, at, at some point, um, we as a, as, as a society need to, to decide which is, which is more important. And, you know, with all just, and I, and I do commend you for, for representing your country, and, and I thank you for doing that. But um, we also need to look at, as a society, whether handguns are something that we want to see continue to pl proliferate in, in our country and, and make the decision that, um, you know, y you will still have the ability to use them, Ms. Keiko, but, but you know, our government has determined that uh, we would like to see a handgun freeze, and that is supported by the vast majority of Canadians from coast to coast to coast. So, um I, I, I think, um, anyway, I'll leave it there because I do want to ask a question to our other witness. All right. Well, there's <laughs> Pam lecturing uh, Linda Keiko on there's no place in this country for you or people like you, basically. Yeah. yeah, I know you're an Olympic champion and you represent Canada on the world stage, but you are not welcome in our society. Yeah, we're gonna, That's basically like what? We're going to extinguish any chance of people like you ever appearing again. Yeah. So, yeah, just... I, I don't really know where she comes off, you know. It was bad enough last week when she was um, rude to legendary Canadian hunter Jim Shockey. And now she's sitting there with an Olympic athlete and just talking down to her like she's, you know, some gangbanger from the streets of Toronto or something. I, I don't understand it. But Linda yeah. held her own. And she's she's a fierce little thing. I mean, she's a tiny little woman. She's a mom of three. She's an engineer, highly educated very smart. And at the end of the day, in Bill um, C-21, there actually is an exemption for her. So she's not there advocating on behalf of herself or the Olympic team for an exemption because they've already got it. She's like, no, that's not good enough. I want an exemption for everybody because how will there be a future to our sport? People don't aren't born Olympic athletes. Like it takes years and years of training and and everything. So if they can't get into that, then the Olympics will basically die with her in Olympic shooting. So, yeah, I, I really appreciate that because it speaks to her integrity as a person and as a member of our community. Yeah, so we see a lot that, you know, people, as long as the, you know, the liberals aren't coming after the guns that I own, then obviously we don't need everything else. Yeah. And it's a, and it's this it's this sort of uh, self-centered self-preservation, right? It's like, yeah. well, I'll go along with them. So they'll think that I'm not the enemy and then they'll leave me alone. And it's just never, it's just never the case. And Hunter's got a taste of it, you know, just a month ago. Oh, where, and they're going to get it again. Well, yeah. And it's, <laughs> and it's going to come again. And hopefully this is shocking people into waking up. Like they're under, under the right conditions, you know, I mean, guns can be dangerous as long as we, you know, are, are making an effort to make sure that people, uh, the guns don't fall into the wrong hands. We're making sure that people are competent. They prove some competency if they're going to operate this, this kind of machinery. Right. Yeah. And then that's and that's it. You know, if you're if you're like, yeah, I can competently operate this thing and I'm not a danger to public safety, then leave me alone. Yeah, um, that's the way it should you be. You have to stand up for everybody else because they're never going to stop just short of taking the guns that you own. And 
hopefully that message is uh, is coming um, coming through. Now it didn't come through too well to Grand Chief <laughs> Ken, who I think was brought there by the Liberals to testify. But yes, I would say so. It's funny, and we're going to show a couple clip a uh, couple clips from Grand Chief Ken. Um, but the first one is kind of the fun one uh, because obviously the Liberals <laughs> had been lying forever for like for months and months. It's gun lobby misinformation. <laughs> that we have banned any firearm, any hunting firearms, firearms companies yes. for hunting at all. We have not done that. Rod Giltaka, Tracy Wilson, <laughs> right? Uh, all the all the conservatives, liars. they're all liars. They are gaslighting you. Oh my God, they're the worst people. And then, of course, Justin Trudeau's like, yeah, we're going to ban some. And they're like, well, buddy, you know, that not really. <laughs> and then so they bring Grand Chief Ken in. To, to back them up, which on many parts, uh, on many topics, he did back them up, of course. Yeah, he um, did. But on this one, they didn't. So Pam thought um, Dane Lloyd sending out a tweet, right, the conservative MP that's on the yeah, committee. Yeah, during committee. During committee that, that Chief Ken was like, yeah, they did ban some of our hunting rifles flat out. Um, yeah. Then Pam thought, well, this is my witness, so he'll back me up. And anyway, check out, the t check out this, uh, this little clip. Thank you, Grand Chief. I wondered if you could clarify something for me. Um, my colleague, Mr. Lloyd, just tweeted that in your testimony, you said the bill is targeting hunting rifles. Does that accurately depict what you what you said? That's not what I heard. No, no, it's, it targets some that we use that we do need to have further discussion and engagement on. All right, so it was a short one. That's the one that I put up on Twitter with me at the end, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Here's the thing. For those who don't know, like when you watch committee on TV or on, on CPAC or whatever, you know, it looks one way because you're just getting the TV view of it. But when you're in the room, it's quite different. And there's usually a lot of other things going on that, of course, you can't see from the TV view. So there's, you know, many times you would see um, uh, Tlaib and, and Damoff, you know, showing tweets and showing each other's phone and there's talking and whispering and people moving about the room. So you know full well that, you know, they, they see Dean, Dane's tweet and decide we're going to get him on this and it totally backfired. And I want to give a, just a quick shout out to, to, to the uh, Quebec Hunting Federation. They were there. They did a wonderful job. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, yeah, everybody did a great job. It was a really rough day for the Liberals in SECU yesterday. So very nice. It was, but uh, that's yeah. okay. I don't mind that. Now, nope. now life is getting increasingly bad for the Liberals. I mean, if you're paying any attention to politics in general, like the Liberals are in flames. They're going down in flames. Yeah. And so there's a couple of things going on. I think the the first thing is you you had said, uh, did you see that Seamus O'Regan oh, yeah. video? His leadership bid. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> no. And it's, you know, like I, I would never watch anything from him anyway. He's incredibly disingenuous. And in my opinion. And so you sent me that video and it, it and it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. So the setup is, is it's supposed to look like it's super spontaneous and he's just, you know, lounging in his beautiful parliamentary office and his staffer comes in and says, hey, I'm just going to candidly ask you a couple questions, okay? And it's supposed to look like it's just, you know, this is just how it is in Seamus O'Regan's office. Meanwhile, you know, they've got multiple angles set up. Like the whole thing is very constructed and it's obvious that it is. But just like if that isn't, uh, you know, setting the the groundwork for a leadership bid. I don't know what is. I think he sees his friend Justin's on fire, and he's like, instead of trying to put you out, I'm going to hope to stand where you are. Well, yeah. So. Well, and his his 
his um, his sell to Justin probably is let's keep it in the family. Yeah, because you know, he oh, was yeah. like Justin's best man or something at his wedding. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean it's so dis it's so disingenuous. <laughs> I I watched the video. I have a million comments. They're more general political comments, so I'm not going to bore everybody with it. But it's just like you know they put these little captions. Oh, he's surprised and befuddled. <laughs> I don't think these people know how to be real people anymore. They're so disconnected from reality that they don't oh, they even probably know. high five each other yeah, over they, stuff like they that. They don't like, even know how to act. It, yeah, they don't even know know how to act like real people anymore. Um anyway, you know what? I'm I'm going to show just a little bit of a clip so people can see what we're talking about just like 1 minute worth. Uh, anyway, check it out. Hey, boss. What's up? Say Christmas and Christmas different. Uh, some questions. Uh, spontaneity. Yeah. We're going to chat. Okay, okay. Okay, so I've got some questions here for you. And um, I want to ask you why you think that unions are important to Canada as a whole. Um, unions are important because they build the middle class. They are the kind of, I guess, the collective expression of individuals' workers' rights. And they're a strength in numbers. So it is how we value work, right? It's, it's demanding what you deserve for the work that you do. Lately, Pierre Polyev has been saying that Canada is broken. What do you have to say about that? I mean, I don't know. I think, I think they're getting pushed back for that. Well, we got challenges, but after what we've been through in the past few years, it is amazing to me how Canadians have stood up. It's amazing to me that we are at this point where we have more jobs, massive amount incredible employment levels and low unemployment, but we have big challenges on inflation and interest rates and people are feeling it. People feel it at the grocery store. I, I know I mean, everybody feels it. So how do you, you know, how do you overcome those challenges? We have overcome a lot in the past couple of years. So don't discount this country. Don't discount Canadians. All right. Well, um, hopefully you, you can see how bad that is. It's, uh, it's pretty awful, but I mean, uh, Justin does this stuff constantly, right? He's just, yeah. he's such a poor actor, but such a, such a predictably, um, consistent actor. He's always acting. He's always putting it on. So yeah. I guess, uh, I guess, uh, O'Regan is like, Hmm, that's how you become prime minister in Canada when you're playing to the, I stand with Trudeau crowd, the, the cult members. Right. Oh yeah. Anyways. Um, so one of the reasons I think we brought it up is the it's uh, we were talking about on my way to the office today on the phone. It's like the media is actually turned against them. And yeah. I, I think, you know, if I were to speculate because they never cover Trudeau and the liberals in this way, I would speculate that they know that the liberals are going down hard because either there's something really big they're hiding in this Chinese interference, election interference thing, or they figure Canadians have had enough. But it's almost like I think they're finally turning, biting the hand that feeds them, knowing full well he's he and the liberals are done, and they maybe want to want to save one, you know, just a shred of credibility so they can continue operating after that government is gone. I don't know, but it's almost what I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, it's got to be. I mean, there's been a lot of damage with trust with the public, and then of course, I think with all the media bailouts and the unfair, you know, obviously unfair um, coverage. I think you're totally right. At this point, it's sort of like, oh, you know, they, they recognize that the way it's always been for the last few years is not the way it's going to continue to be. 
So, yeah, yeah. there has definitely been a shift in the media and it's impossible to ignore this story. It's massive. Yeah, well, and then there's a lot of rumors about um, that the liberals are going to prorogue parliament. Yeah. So that's kind of to, to pause parliament without actually dissolving it. And Harper yeah. pro did a prorogation before. Um, <laughs> not for the, So did Trudeau. Yeah, not for yeah. the same reasons, of course. Um, yeah. But typically what's at stake for gun owners is typically when um, a government prorogues parliament, uh, puts a pause on it, all the bills that are on the on the table die and have to be reintroduced. Although we did a little bit of research a little while ago and we found out that there's a way for them to bring those bills back at the same point. But I would be surprised if they if they did that, they would bring C21 back because it's such a mess. Oh no, I, I think it would actually give them the perfect opportunity because that bill is a, a flaming dumpster fire. I think it would give them a great opportunity to go back to the drawing table. Not that I want them to do that either, but there isn't a lot of C21 to be salvaged because don't forget, we're still stuck on talking about G4 and G46, the government amendments. There's still um, almost 100 amendments to go yet to this bill. And I think almost half of them were tabled by the Liberals. So obviously this is a super flawed piece of legislation. You've got women's groups opposing the red flag stuff. There's going to be amendments about the handgun stuff and the airsoft stuff and there, there's not going to be enough left of it to save. So prorogation would actually help with this immensely because they could throw it in the garbage and go back to the drawing table. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. But those rumors of prorogation are, you know, I heard them a little bit here in Ottawa. But over the last week or so, they've been bubbling up to the surface. And I'm hearing it from more and more sources. So, you know, it's it's hard to say what he'll do. Um, it wouldn't be his first time proroguing, but it's um, a great way to end um, investigations, to end legislation that is troublesome, and to start with a fresh, clean slate. So I would not be surprised at all to see him do it. Well, it's one of the only ways he can save himself right now, right? Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, all right. We've talked about that uh, probably too long. We still have one big, well, we got two things. Uh, mm -hmm. The Toronto Sportsman Show. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk about that really quick. Yeah. So Toronto Sportsman Show is coming up next week, uh, March 16th through the 19th at the International Center on Airport Road in Mississauga. Rod and I will both be there. We've got a great big booth, tons of volunteers. Come on out and see the whole gang. You can get your membership. We're going to have um, uh, fundraising going on in the booth. We're going to be selling swag. You can come by and get your T-shirts and hoodies and hats and all that fun stuff. And then you're going to be up on the main stage. I have yet a time of taping to confirm um, your times, but you'll be on the stage both Saturday and Sunday. So yeah, it'll be great. So make sure you get your tickets and come see us at the Toronto Sportsman Show. All right. So let's finish this up with uh, uh, some details about the AGM that a lot of people have been waiting for. So the, as we mentioned last time, both on the podcast and on, and on our television show, the AGM is designed for a couple of reasons, uh, the way that we're going to do it. For one, um, we really, you know, the, the march that we did was really magical. A lot of people said it was the coolest time ever to come together with other gun owners from across yeah. the country and whatever. Obviously, we're not doing a march, but we've created an entire weekend a destination weekend of entertainment and gun-related stuff and hanging out with the CCFR and, and all our members from across the country, whoever can come. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just going to be a really great time. And we're trying to make it uh, worth people coming 
to the AGM specifically for that. Uh, with entertainment and all kinds of stuff. And at the same time, AGMs are really expensive. This is our first in-person AGM in three years. And so this is an attempt also to put together all this stuff and then sell tickets to the AGM and offset the CCFR's costs so less member money is going to fund the AGM, which is a a, a, legal, um, a legal requirement, right, to have it every year. Right. So this is what we're trying to do with it all. Uh, so why don't you tell us about what's going to happen there? This is super exciting. Mm -hmm. So this is going to run the entire weekend from Friday, June 9th. So mark this off on your calendar right now. You're going to want to call your boss and book it off immediately. So you got to get to Ottawa for Friday, June 9th. Get on a train, get on a plane, get in your car. Any way you can get here, you're going to want to be here. Um, Friday night, I've rented a hall. We're going to have a really casual, fun lit, fun get together. We've got a rock and roll band coming to play live music. We're going to kick up our heels and dance the night away and just have a total blast. And I have it on good authority that you are going to sing a set. So I don't know if people watching this know that you're also a rock and roll dude, but you totally are. So you are going to perform for our members and perform a set with the band. Is that mm, true? That is true. The first set. That's so. exciting. So you got to make sure you're going to be there. Um, it's All these details will, of course, be available on our website. I'll have a post with everything you need to get yourself here and everything you need to know. Saturday, we're going to kick off a full day of events and speakers and seminars and, and ask me anything. This will all take place at the Ottawa Conference and Events Center on Coventry Road. It's also attached to two hotels. So we'll be posting links to get a group rate um, to stay at either of those hotels. <clears throat> so we'll have a full day of activities. We'll be selling swag there. So it's a great opportunity to avoid shipping costs. You can pick up um, your hats, T-shirts, all that good stuff. Um, and then we're going to have a beautiful gala dinner with like prime rib roast beef and all the trimmings and all kinds of good stuff and entertainment at that dinner. And then finish off Sunday morning with the actual AGM business meeting. So it is CCFR Palooza. It's going to be a great time. And I think it'll just be really refreshing after three years of sitting together on a Zoom meeting to just get together and and rock out. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of a uh, couple of fill in a few blanks. So at dinner, we're going to have some entertainment. We're thinking of um, having a comedian, a professional comedian perform. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out. And because uh, that's a little risky, as uh, as you can well imagine, because um, people aren't coming specifically to listen to a comedian. So if they don't like the routine, <laughs> I'll be like, what the heck was this? Uh, but hopefully most people will have a sense of humor uh, and uh, we'll see if we can get uh, get the right person there. Also, we're going to have a photo booth so we can all right there, you know, yeah, as part of the whole photo yeah, booth as and all included in the ticket price. So we can all have photos right there. We're going to get uh, they get printed out right there. So lots of uh, mm -hmm. lots of great memories. And uh, as far as speakers are concerned for the Saturday conference, we've already got Andrew Lawton from True North confirmed as one of the speakers. So that'll Excellent. be, yeah, that'll be really cool. Andrew's awesome. So Andrew's a really good guy and he really, he really gets it. And he's a gun guy. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So, and there'll be yeah. more as, as we confirm them and we've got a couple of people we're talking to and we want to make it different, not just, not just gun people. So it'll be, uh, it'll be well worth coming for that as well. So that's what we've put together. So more to yeah, come. Yeah. It's. It's going to be fun. So again, all of that information, everything you need to get tickets, to book your hotel, to book your travel, everything you need will be available on firearmrights.ca within the next two weeks. Yeah. So 
hopefully by the time you watch the next podcast, um, we'll have that up there. We're just firming up all the details. As you can imagine, there's a lot. Um, but yeah, we're almost there. Yeah. So as you said, all the details in two weeks. So don't go to the website now, hoping to get on there or whatever. It's, it's, it's not there yet, but we just wanted to save the date. So book yeah. the time off if you need to. You can book your tickets. It's happening. Like the hotel's booked, band is booked, hall is it's booked. Happening. Yeah. One of the speakers is booked, business meeting, everything. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's very exciting. And I can't wait to uh, to to go uh, that weekend. It's The AGMs have always been a really a good time. So uh, they were literally the best, like the event I looked forward to all year. So yeah. I, it's just like, uh, I'll, <laughs> In the infamous words of our friend Roger, it's like all your imaginary friends are real. It's just so nice to see everyone face to face and be with your people. So I'm excited. All right. I think we covered everything. All right. We're done. <laughs> we did it. Okay. Thanks for the update. And we'll see you in the next one. All right. We'll see you then. All right. That's going to do it for this episode 138 of the CCFR Radio Podcast. That's a lot of episodes, man. Um I wanted to leave you with something uh, something optimistic. So if you watch our television show on WOW TV, CCFR Radio on the Air, you'll may have noticed that every second or maybe every third episode, uh, I try to spend the outro just um, mentioning a few things that gun owners can be optimistic about. I have to bring some positivity uh, into all this because if we just focus on the negative things, it makes it very difficult to continue to fight these people because it's it's heavy, right? So anyway, I just want to, I'm just going to rattle off a couple of things that I think are optimistic. Now, some of them we talked about uh, with Tracy, but I'm just going to, I just want to draw some attention to it. So reasons to be optimistic. Number one, Bill C-21 is really, uh, is really stalled, right? So if you notice um, in the, in the um, uh, amendment part of the House committee process, we spent two and a half months on two amendments. There's 93 left to go. So if they're inconsequential, very short amendments that don't require a lot of debate, they're, in, you know, the small stuff, maybe in one meeting of the committee, you could get through 10 or 20 of them, right? Um, maybe you'd only get through five or six of them. Maybe it'll be something really consequential like those other ones, or maybe the liberals will add new amendments that might take another two months, right? So these things can happen. So this bill is, it's a garbage bill, not even the anti-gunners are happy about it. Not even people that are on the other side of the political spectrum, they're not happy about this bill. It's worthless. So I think what you may see is you may see this, this bill just drag along for a lot longer. And the closer it gets to summer, the closer it gets to the point where it's cut off till the fall. Now, there's no way, I'll tell you this, there's no way that the liberals can get this through the House committee process, through third reading, into the Senate and have that complete before summer and, and achieve royal assent before summer. What does that mean to you? It means that the CCFR's court case will not be hampered by anything like those two amendments getting enshrined into law into Bill C-21 because that would have been a real threat to our court case. And we've invested a lot into that, right? And we've really took, taken it to the government, but I want a decision, right? I want, I want a, a legal decision because there's, some, there's a lot of precedent in there and there's some very important questions that need to be answered, not just for gun owners, but for all Canadians in that case. So I, we're gonna get that, right? So that's really good news. Um, another, and of course, the, the fact that nobody's happy with Bill C-21 is good news as well, but it gets even better because as you know, there's a massive scandal about election interference. We talked about what, that with Tracy. The liberals are hiding something really big, 
like Trudeau Foundation kind of stuff. I don't want to drag in other politics too much into into our conversation because you hear enough about that as it is. But something they're hiding something big. Even the media has turned on them as we talked about. So, you know, and and again as we talked about with Tracy, like what op, what choices does this government have? And prorogation is probably one of the biggest things. So, and we covered that. I'm not going to get into that again. But if the government chooses to prorogue, if it's for a month or two, that's going to push us into the summer break, right? Or very close to it. So that's a further delay. It's a delay to let our court case get completed. It's a delay for the provisions of Bill C-21 itself to be part of your life. So the farther away you push that, the farther away it is till that's even a, a factor in your life. And the farther away we push that, the closer to the next election we get um, to where hopefully the, the liberals get thrown from power and all of that forward progress of these terrible things that are happening to us stop. Right, and then we can start pushing that backwards. Start figuring out how we're going to work our way out of this mess. So all that, these are all really good things. And besides, if the liberals don't get this bill through, and they get thrown thrown from power, it'd be just a really great victory. It's like look at what you tried to do to us, and you're unsuccessful. You failed. So I can't wait to be in a position to say that to them. You know, it's like this is what happens when you just try to use government against good people. For, for partisan purposes, you fail. Wouldn't that, be, wouldn't that be a little bit of justice in the universe, right? A little good karma. So anyway, there's a lot of reasons to be hopeful. I know all this stuff is very heavy, but there are a lot of, there are actually good things happening. We are, we are experiencing some good fortunes, okay? So keep your head up, share the podcast. Thanks so much, everyone, for your support. Thanks for watching. Take care, and we'll see you in the next one. This is another episode of the CCFR Radio Podcast. Remember, if you don't stand up for your own ability to own and use firearms, who will? Join the CCFR or donate right now at www.firearmrights.ca.